You're listening to a Cloud Evangelist radio show. For more great shows, subscribe via iTunes or our RSS feed from your smartphone, tablet, or PC. Recording end of the podcast for the Cloud Avengers podcast channel, joined at FOSDEM at ULB in Brussels by Sam Kotler. Sam, say hi. Hi, I'm Sam. Sam, every year FOSDEM gets bigger and bigger and bigger. We were talking yesterday about why companies the size of Red Hat get engaged and get involved in working at FOSDEM. Why do you think it's important we show up? I mean, I, I think it's one of the most important meetings of, of open source people generally. So, for example, I work on the Puppet Project, and uh, it's it's a place where you can go even more than PuppetConf in some places and just find lots of users, lots of developers, um, kind of talk to other other projects that are consuming our project. Uh, and, you know, it's just it's a massive uh, conference just in terms of the opportunity for collaboration, I think, is, is the most important bit of it. Um, and... Uh, really being able to work with with lots of different teams, see people that you kind of talk to on IRC all the time, but never actually get to see in person, um, and kind of put faces to IRC next is always is always a nice thing, I think. Now, one of the reasons for doing this podcast is a couple of weeks ago, um, I was really bored and thought I would set a flame war off talking about Ansible and Puppet. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely saw those tweets. <laughs> so we thought we'd try and put the record straight because there is more than one way to skin that configuration management tool type conversation isn't that yeah absolutely i mean i think i think the points he brought up are are really valid um one of the things that's intriguing to me about ansible is that um it is virtually agentless uh the the agent is kind of ephemeral um and as i said i'm i work on puppet um and i maintain the two seven branch and i think one of the things that that puppet does really really well is um kind of be a a thing that holds and manages state of the machine uh, via remote system, right? So you have the agent and the master, um, and people kind of like the pull-based system where the agent runs every so often, and you get a catalog from the master and apply it to the node. Um, and I think, um, you know, the fact that, that Puppet's written in Ruby is is just a fact that it was easy to write it in Ruby. Um, I really enjoyed starting that flame. Well, as soon as it kicked off the Ruby doesn't scale stuff, I could just, I could always feel the heckles on the guy's on the back of his neck just, just go absolutely ballistic. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the the perpetual Ruby troll is great. I mean, I also, I work on Ruby as well, so I guess I'm part of the problem. Um, but you know, I, I do think um, Puppet already has very, very large deployments. Um, the government of the UK and the US and some three-letter agencies in the US are using it heavily. Um, so it, in terms of government compliance, um, people are already, are already doing that. I think the, the big thing about Puppet that kind of has attracted me to it is um, sysadmins a lot of the time don't really know how to code and you don't really need to know how to code to use Puppet. Um, I think it's very similar with Ansible. Uh, the only thing about Ansible is you have to write giant YAML manifests, um, which just hurts my face. But uh, the whole, I, I quite like the whole Ansible playbooks schema type thing. Yeah, I think it's, it's. I mean, it's so easy to get started, right? You you just run, it's basically managing over a very structured SSH connection. Um, you're basically just sending off something that looks kind of like a catalog, and then it gets applied on the node, and then Ansible goes away. Um, I mean, truth be told, I've been using Ansible to set up Puppet Masters for a long time now, um, and I think it's very good for kind of 
doing the the first step, right? Getting all the stuff that you need so that then you can go and provision other machines um, without ever having to directly touch a machine. And so that's something that I think is, is really attractive about Ansible. Um, the inventory system is also quite interesting, I think. I like Ansible purely because if you've got a heterogeneous platform, but you've got maybe jump-off service where you're jumping from them via SSH2, it just works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, I think for if you're interested in a push-based system, I think Ansible is kind of the way to go. Um, I've never honestly built a kind of very large system with Ansible, but I've built very large systems with Puppet, and I know that it works. Um, I'm I think Ansible has become it's kind of an emergent platform, and it's showing that people are kind of not always the happiest with the way config management has been working for the longest time, um, and so I think it's a it's kind of breaking the chain of evolution and um, doing stuff that people have been saying you shouldn't do, right? Don't SSH in a for loop. This is the kind of classic uh, the classic criticism of Ansible is, oh, that's just, you know, SSH in a for loop. Um, but I do think it's really showing that sysadmins don't mind stuff like that. Um, the, the attraction to me of something like Puppet is that I have a corrective thing that that runs every so often uh and you know if my nodes are drifting i i kind of get correction not that you can't do that with ansible but it's kind of the the core principle of puppet is you don't want to drift too far you don't want to um kind of you know you always have an agent that's correcting what's going on on the node if, if someone changes a config it gets blown away same thing with ansible but it's push based right so um there are lots of kind of interesting scale use cases i think with with ansible where Instead of with puppets, so you have to basically change which puppet master your node is talking to unless it's behind a load balancer and it kind of looks like one cluster. But you have to kind of change which master uh, node's talking to to do scale out with puppet across lots of different uh, masters if they're completely decoupled except for the certificate authority. And one interesting thing about Ansible is you just change which nodes you're talking to, right? So the, the Ansible playbook... Uh, tool, just you tell it which node it should go out and talk to instead of having to tell all the nodes to talk to a new puppet master. So I think I think there's some really interesting ideas. Uh, I'm I feel pretty strongly that we should roll some of those ideas into puppets. So um, I mean this is kind of a big thing, but transport agnostic uh, agnostic tools I think are are really cool. Um, and to some extent, Ansible's is is uh, transport agnostic, right? You can use fireball mode, which is um, it uses SSH to set up a ZRMQ socket and then talks over that. Um, Which is a very lightweight transport way of doing it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's fireball. It's fast. Um, but I think the, you know, SSH is a proven technology. Um, not that, you know, <laughs> TCP over an SSL connection isn't. But, um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really interesting. And we shouldn't brush it off just because we think the tech is, you know, oh, this is SSH in a for loop. But Puppet's starting to become ubiquitous. If we look at the uh, graphs and the charts that came out of OpenStack Developer Summit in Hong Kong, you know, you had Puppet, Chef, SaltStack, et cetera, et cetera, and Puppet was way in the lead. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Puppet is an incredibly powerful tool. I built systems with tens and hundreds of thousands of nodes with Puppet, and I, you know, it, it works. It works really, really well. Um, and I think the really powerful thing about Puppet in my eyes is that um, there's a giant community of people who are already kind of sharing, especially if you look in the OpenStack world, and I don't think it's it's perfect yet, but lots of people are still 
um, utilizing central puppet modules, right? They can go and get a module, and I know this will set up Cinder correctly. I know this will set up, um, you know, HA MySQL correctly. I know this will do X, Y, and Z. And there's a big community of people who are sharing those modules. Um, and in the Packstack org on GitHub, you can find modules to stand up all of the OpenStack components, for example. CloudStack has something similar. Um, it's it's a really, really powerful system, and the ubiquity is what makes it so powerful in my eyes. Um, just because you can, you know, find all the components you need, snap them together, and have machines that look exactly the way you want based on just simple parameters that you feed into puppet classes. But the fact that companies like VMware and Red Hat have really decided to put their money where their mouth is with regards to investments, well, that must have really helped them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, one of the cool things about my job at Red Hat is, um, as I said, I maintain the 2.7 branch, and it's something that's important for um, RHEL 5 users because they have a very old Ruby on RHEL, and so we need a slightly older version of Puppet. And I was at PuppetConf this past year, and um, 2.7 was getting end of life at, uh, on September 30th of 2013, and I basically said, oh no, we're going to have to maintain all these patches, why don't we just become upstream maintainers? And so we've been doing releases, we've done three community releases of it now, uh, which are basically backported bug fixes and sometimes CVE fixes, uh, and have been very successful. We've been working with Puppet Labs for a long time. Um, you know, we have, uh, well, David Lutter used to work at Red Hat and he was doing a large amount of stuff. He, uh, him and Dominic Cleal, who's also helping me maintain 2.7, um, have been working on Agios together, uh, did Agios integration. Um, Brian Kearney wrote um, Ruby Agios, which is the Ruby bindings that we rely on. So we've been working with them for a long time. We have a great relationship with them. Um, even before I worked at Red Hat, I, you know, was very fond of the work Puppet Labs was doing. Stuff like PuppetDB, I think, is kind of pushing reporting and things like that much further. Um, and yeah, and I mean, I also work on Foreman inside of Red Hat, which is a, a node classification and provisioning tool. Uh, and we've been working, you know, with, with Puppet Labs forever, since 2009, um, before I was even involved in the project. You know, there's been a relationship there. So there's definitely, you know, lots of strong ties between uh, Red Hat and Puppet Labs, Puppet Labs and VMware, EMC, um, so yeah. And of course, Brian Stein jumping from Red Hat's puppet as well. Yeah, um, and I, you know, I think, um, yeah, it, it's just it's great that we kind of work together. We all kind of share code. Um, yeah, and all the collaboration happens on GitHub, which is which is quite cool. And yeah, as I said, Red Hat's been paying me for the last I don't know nine ten months to work on puppet stuff, um, help make kind of upstream CI better. Uh, I maintain packages in RHEL, in Apple, in Fedora, um, and have been helping other communities do similar work. So yeah, I think, I think it's great that we all kind of work together and it's mutually beneficial. So as this is Sunday morning, and this is the sort of church of open source in Europe, do you think that's my penance done? <laughs> so much more work to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the mission starts here. Sam, thanks for taking time to be on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a Cloud Evangelist production for Red Hat. Building clouds today, the right way. For more information on Red Hat Cloud Technologies, visit redhat.com slash cloud. Thanks for listening.